Dr. Legion was absolute and devastating, but we're not here to talk about that right now. Three years after the defeat, two men met in an art gallery, one trying to avoid talking to an old subordinate, and one hoping to find someone to talk to about the beauty in the world. And they did talk. They talked all day. When they parted, they arranged to meet again. And no matter how far apart they found themselves over the following years, they talked. They sent letters, they sent messages. Letters about art, about beauty, about travel. Letters about, and they both found this very funny, meeting new friends. Most importantly, they argued over when they would find themselves parted for the last time. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, Kat. Yay, Kat. Yay, me. Hi, everybody. It's me, Kat. With me are Kirsten. It's me, Kirsten. I'm not Kat. Hi, Kirsten. And Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. Hi, Kat. Hi, Hi, Kirsten. And Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, everybody. Hello, listeners. How are you? Hi, listener. Hi, listener. (laughs) So previously on Sword of Symphonies, previously... You uh, started the hunt for the Shadowmen. We did. We found the Shadowmen, and th- they were not very friendly. Uh-uh. They bit me. Shadowmen was unkind. The Shadowmen was unkind and did many hurts to Cobb, and then did some flight, did some fleeing, only to, uh, well, through the either tie ability, Tissa learned that Caldas was having a very bad day suddenly. And they decided that that might have something to do with the Shadowmen, and it may perhaps be time to close in on their quarry. It was very bigly decided that Caldas being mad and scared probably related to the creepy monster that makes you mad and scared when it bites you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big uh-huh. It would follow. Yeah. It would follow. So my question is, what are you guys doing? Are you immediately going over there? Are you taking a minute to fix Cobb? Are you making discovery rolls like lazy people? What are you doing? Cobb is at five damage because he got he got bit in the shoulder and then he also um, kind of broke free of the grabbing, but it, it gave him the cuts. So he's all scratched up. Penelope is going to fix up Cobb. Uh, let me make a roll to make Cobb all better. Cobb appreciates that and... It's hard to swing a sword when they've bit the sword shoulder. So how does adaptability medicine sound? Sounds good to me. If, if you're like, oh, no, this is just improvised field medicine, here you go. Yeah, that's adaptability. And adaptability sounds fast to me because Tissa's interest right now is we have to go right now. This is the thing that we have to do and is going to roll... Daring, tracking, plus compulsion. Okay. So I got two successes for uh, adaptability medicine. I'm going to let you fix up a point for cobble. All right. I think two to one sounds sounds good for just like field medicine. That's enough to get a little bit of, of ointment and maybe, um, maybe some styptic on there. Okay. And Tissa gets three successes and one edge success. This goes pretty easy. My next question is, are you just booking or are you letting Penelope and Cobb catch up? Um, hmm. Cobb would very obviously be like, go, go, we'll catch up. Okay. 
And I think that, well, no, it only helps it only helps Tissa to have the ether tie. It doesn't help either of you two. I mean, we can follow Tissa. Tissa is kind of in that same place that she gets to. No, we have to do this right now. This is like, this is the thing that we are supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that she's just going for it. Okay. So if you keep the edge success, you will get there before before the Shadowman's next turn, as a matter of fact. However, I will penalize Cobb and Penelope on their rolls to catch up. Hmm. What do y'all think? Cobb runs very fast. I think we can handle it. Yeah. That was kind of my feeling, and I think that also, like, it would be thematically appropriate, or not thematically appropriate, it would be, like, appropriate to the character, I think, to be rushing right now. Okay. All right. So, Tissa takes off. Tissa takes off at a run through the Undercity, um, headed toward the portion of the Undercity that's under the market. And, like Cobb had said, there are bits and pieces of the Undercity that, during daylight hours, look like they're open businesses. You go past storefronts with dressed mannequins in the windows and signs advertising drinks. And yeah, a couple souvenir shops, probably more than you'd expect. But you don't have time to explore that right now. You turn around a corner suddenly and you see a couple things. You see, as you expected, Marcus is there. He's taken a hit to his good arm, but he's still clutching at his spear. He and Caldas seem to be in the middle of another argument. Wotha is up close and personal with the Shadowman. She's bleeding a little bit from a cut on the cheek, but seems to be her usual energetic self. And this blurry mass of darkness lets out a shriek as you arrive, as if it recognizes you. And it might. Mm. It doesn't like that you kicked its ass. And that's kind of where we find ourselves. So, so I suppose I should roll initiative. Um, I was thinking. Or are we going to keep the one from last time? I'm going to keep the one from last time. But that being said, we're going to start with the lowest roll, which is the Shadowman. So it lashes out with those bandages, and Wotha just goes flying. She is knocked back an easy six to ten feet and tumbles. The blow is a fairly severe one. She is capable of getting up, but not easily. But she's not far from you at this point, Tissa. And she says, oh, <laughs> hi. This is kind of not really got language right now. She's like going to, I don't know who I want to do the uh, heal action toward. Maybe Wolfa since she's still on her feet. Yep. And... I think if I wanted to attack the horror more with the sense of I'm trying to get it away from the vulnerable people more than I'm explicitly trying to hurt it, yeah, would that be an adaptability or an understanding or a daring mid-range weapons role? I think that would be daring. I think actually I would say daring tactics. You are trying to put yourself on the line to distract it from other people. Daring tactic. Okay. Tissa is being very daring. This is a big, cool hero. Tissa is a big, cool hero. 
Tissa only got one success at her attempting to be a big cool hero. Wow. Maybe she should have used something she had more dice for. I think the Shadowman has noticed you. Mm-hmm. And several of those long appendages emerge from the walls nearby and a ripple runs through them. Kind of of preparation. It does look focused on you. Okay. And then I would like... I did say that I wanted to heal uh, Volfa as a party action, right? Yeah. Like some of the trembling is gone from her stance and she squares herself and... (laughs) Thank you. Welcome to the fight. (sighs) Is pretty much all she has to say. Her eyes are just really intent on this creature and she's sort of looking around at where everybody is and trying to have a good stock of the situation. So, um, you can hear, we're not having this argument right now. Yeah, we are. We are definitely. And, um, Kathis looks up from the argument he's in the middle of, extends out a hand, and the darkness in the area, the part that isn't part of the Shadowman, the part that's just what's hidden from the light in this long buried portion of the world's greatest city, begins to congeal like a dark cloud against the ceiling and suddenly it drops like a weight on top of the Shadowman and this thick blanket of darkness makes an audible impact dashing it to the ground and dealing a fair amount of damage as he casts Fallen Darkness. Accurate. Very literal. That might be literal, but a giant like brick of darkness is pretty rad. (laughs) This is the guy who casts Knife Pain. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> His spells are all stupid. That just means he's using like old spells from like Final Fantasy One, <laughs> where things were called like Brack. Yeah, 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 for sure. The time has come for the Shadowman. The Shadowman's going to lie there. Actually, the Shadowman is going to lie on the ground in the darkness and just be part of the darkness and uh, the impenetrability of the area thickens and grows heavy. And once again, the outline of the Shadow Man is obscured by the darkness of the Undercity. And you can see the whip-like motion of those tendrils emerging from outside the cloud, but the true location of its shape is missing. So, where are the others exactly? Are they alright? They're they're coming. And Wotha is going to sing a song takes a deep breath and a note echoes out of her. A pure crystalline note that trembles on the air around her. She has an ability that allows her to scatter less when she casts spells if she does so while also singing. And as she sings, the note echoes like droplets in a cave in little sparkling splashy pools back the way you came. And what she has just cast is Crew Pathway. So we have got Cobb and T- and Penelope. Cobble and Penelope That's us. Have finished doing medicine. I would hope so. And I would like you to roll me some sensitivity. Whatever the hell skill you like. Alright, I can do that. I will use my fun dice. Can I use a uh, rodeo? 
Sensitivity rodeo performance? False. False. <laughs> Kirsten! Penelope finds in the middle of the Undercity a rodeo trick performer, and she has to <laughs> scrutinize the performance. Everybody does, does tell her that we have more pressing concerns, but she will not listen to them. The performance must go on. The secrets of the performance must be unlocked. That's what's going to blow this whole thing wide open. What are What is this sensitivity roll for? I'm just wondering what to use. If I could use, like, tracking or focus... Um, you can absolutely use either. Um, this is to find where you're supposed to go because Tissa has booked. Uh, Penelope rolls sensitivity uh, tracking. Sensitivity tracking. Okay. Um, by the way, you're going to be rolling an additional two die. Okay. I will also use sensitivity tracking because we need to find where Tissa went. Cobb got one success, one edge success. Uh, Penelope is great at sensitivity. Um, she got... Nothing. You know what? I think uh, if you keep an edge success, you're going to end up on the... You're going to end up disadvantaged against the Shadowmen when you arrive. All right. That that sounds like Cobb just rushing in. Fools rush in, as they say. Okay. So you barrel forward when suddenly you hear that note chiming and you see a luminous splash on the ground. Several of them leading forward. Ah. I think they've found us. Come on, Penelope. Tally-ho, let's go. Tally-ho, indeed. Tally-ho. It's time for a new round. First person I'm making act is... is our big slow commander boy. You can do Uh, it, Marcus. You can do the thing. He can do the thing. He can absolutely do the thing. Is everyone just going to cast spells? Yeah, probably. Spells like all the cool kids. Spells are pretty rad. Spells are not only rad, but they don't require you to be able to see or identify the opponent, which is important when you're wounded. We are going to cast... Oh, we're going to be just real literal boys, and we're going to cast Dark Armor. What happens is this ambivalent, solid darkness that the horror has summoned, some of it is leached away revealing just a sliver of the outline. An errant shoulder of the Shadowman appears as this darkness is siphoned off. And everybody present finds there's a layer of darkness, kind of like a like a breastplate that covers their chest and neck. It's not really solid. It never gains a solid form, but... It has a definite shape and a definite outline, and you can feel it, and it feels solid, even though it looks glassy and transparent. And the Shadowman sees the approach of Cobb and Penelope, and decides to attack its old friend Penelope. It's not going to attack Cobb, that would be mean. Aw, boo, why? Why Penelope? Because it... Penelope did shoot it with that arrow real good. It did. Fair enough. Mopey can get herded. So um, the mechanical difference is, by the way, that everybody is one more difficult to hit. Everybody, uh, difficulty to hit, everybody is two now. Which means the tendril that launches out at Penelope misses, or rather it glances off that shadowy breastplate. Thanks, Marcus. Penelope gives a wave to him. And he waves. So... I've got an idea for a spell, and it's very Kathleen, but I'm not sure how Tissa it is. 
You know, I'm intrigued. <laughs> You've intrigued me. Yeah, me too. Let's let's hear it. The idea is speaking fallen. And the idea is that I want to strip away the Shadowman's renewed darkness armor again. And kind of the idea is that, like, horrors don't speak, obviously, but there's still a sort of a sense that it's a thing made up of what used to be humans. So there's this sense of pain and trauma and anger of this spirit kind of coming off in some sort of, if not like directly audible, like sensible way that sort of like goes in line with this general human connection thing that Tissa has going on. Okay, so Tissa is trying to connect with the emotions that are at the core of the Shadowman. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Let me float this. Mm-hmm. It provokes that same haunted scream that the Shadowman has been putting out. Mm-hmm. And it can't stop screaming, so you're always aware of where, like, you're more aware of where it is. Okay. Yeah. That's probably spooky. It's pretty spooky, but that's what I'm thinking of when you're saying, like, connecting with it in a way that causes it to be easier to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easier to hit now because everybody just wants it to shut up. (laughs) You can't see all of this, but you can see one of them. One of the shapes peels away from the outline of the Shadowman and starts to howl. And you can see outlines of eyes that are blank and empty and a mouth that leads nowhere but darkness open in an eerie scream. And others, too. You can see a hand reach out through the border of the cloud that it's gathered around itself and reach grasping for something, but catching nothing. And the tendrils are shaken by a spasm as the creature is uncontrollably splitting and screaming and kind of very deeply in touch with the fear that animates it. Three scatter, two scatter, four scatter. Uh, two scatter to kind of undo the effects of it being in darkness right now. Four scatter to prevent it from re-darkening. Yeah, why not? Okay. And could I also start an arpeggio? You absolutely can. Um, who hasn't? Uh, Penelope and Cobb haven't gone yet. Um, Penelope's They're probably going to move next. Penelope can move any damn time she wants. She's got one of the highest initiatives. This is true. On the list. Uh, same with Cobb, actually. Yeah, so. yeah. I remember that they both had had high. I'm just trying to, like... Like, I don't think that any of you two need my um, arpeggio effect next turn. But if you wanted to keep passing it, I kind of want to see if we can maximize the passing. Yeah, Penelope can pass the arpeggio. Okay. Um, so we'll go to Penelope? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Oh, Penelope, go. Actually, before we go on to Penelope's turn, um, remind everybody what Tissa's Arpeggio does. Whoever accepts the Wandering Magus Arpeggio centers by five. Centers by a lot. Yeah, just regains a bunch of their scatter. Are we still calling it center, or is it we're just calling it regaining scatter now? You had a I'm, you had a jargon for that at one point, but I had a maybe we don't that. need a jargon. 
I don't think we need a dragon for that. I, I've cut a lot of center effects. Another thing is that I've, I'm really kind of, uh, I was ambivalent on them before, but now it's like you gain scatter. S scatter is a number that starts at zero and goes yeah. up. Yeah. And that's something that I was not always clear on in earlier editions that I want mm -hmm. to be definite. So my question is, is Penelope accepting this arpeggio or is she passing it on? And also, what else is Penelope doing with her turn? Because you've declared you're doing a turn. Um, Penelope will pass it on. Penelope is also going to cast Restoring Fallen. Um, she wants to connect with the heart of the horror and about its past humanity. Um, so I guess in meta, kind of wants to deal scatter damage by reminding it of this human empathy. Okay, I like that a lot. So I'm going to say two to one. And my next question to you is, what does it look like? Tell me tell me how this looks. All right. Um, so I'm going to spend four scatter. And it looks like a glowing that starts from Penelope's chest. And it also, well, that starts a glowing in what would possibly be where the horror's heart is. Um connects and there's this glowing and they, a thread between them starts to glow as well. Okay. And how much damage are you doing? How much scatter are you doing? Uh, I'm going to cast four scatter. Its entire outline shudders. Kind of very visibly. Well, who are you passing the arpeggio to? I, I'll pass it to Cobb. Uh, Cobb doesn't need it. He is actually has not scattered yet uh, today. So... Also, don't forget that when you pass, you can add your own on there, which I believe restores HP. I think yours does, Kirsten. Here we go. Um, your default arpeggio is Heart Piercer. When whoever accepts the arpeggio next makes an attack, the target may roll adaptability in the weapon skill used. If it gets fewer successes than damage, its armor is reduced. Oh, okay. I I thought I had Pine Needle. because that ability that gave you Pine Needle. Uh, yeah, so you have two arpeggio options. You have two arpeggio options. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll pass on the, the pine needle one. I like that we're busting this out on the eve of it being discontinued. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by my choices. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I thought, well, while the mechanic is still in the game. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And who are you sending this to? Uh, Cobb is next if he wants to be. Okay. I'm making Caldas act, so if anybody wants to interrupt him, they can. Otherwise, I'm making him act because he has a pretty low initiative. Okay. Um, Cobb is going to interrupt next. And uh, because Cobb doesn't actually need the scatter um, the scatter return, uh, he is going to pass the arpeggio. Okay. Or how many times can... Actually, how many times can the arpeggio hop? Any number of times. Okay. The title Navigator Arpeggio, by the way... Oh, when whoever accepts the arpeggio next makes an attack, if the attack deals damage through armor, the target becomes frozen for three rounds. Cobb is going to pass that along. Doom! To Caldus, actually, who I believe uh, has spent a bunch of uh, scatter, so he could use the return. And are you doing anything with your turn proper? Yes, with the turn proper. He is going to cast the spell Fallen Crew, and with a swing of his sword, a ghostly figure rushes out and stabs this thing. Ooh. I do like that. That's a very Cobb spell. I like it a lot. 
How much scatter do you want to spend on this? This is going to be one of those. I'll spend four. I have spent no, so I can splurge a little bit. And is the ghostly figure dealing physical heart damage or scatter damage? Ooh, what have we been doing a lot of? I think we've been mostly just, like, kicking it. So this is just going to be physical damage, I guess, because that is a very Cobb thing to do. And also we have been, like, Cobb has been stabbing it earlier, so. Okie dokie. Yeah, so Caldus is just kind of going to wolf it in. He's going to abandon the argument that he's having and close distance with the Shadowman. There is an eerie glow surrounding one of his long daggers. And this dagger cuts through the darkness surrounding the Shadowman as he closes distance and strikes. Let's roll some dices. That is going to deal damage through armor. So that's going to do a couple things. First of all, the Shadowman has to roll some dice. So what happens is the knife slices through the darkness and cuts it cleanly in half. There's a faint blue, barely perceptible glow about it as it plunges into the clouds surrounding the horror. And when it drives home, the horror shrieks. Not its multi-mouthed scream of terror, but its current pain. And the darkness seems to fall off of it, leaving it exposed and trapped. And I'm going to do a roll because one of two things are about to happen. The Shadowman is allowed to act now, and it did roll very well against the belay. So it is exposed, and its kind of protective layer of darkness has been peeled away from it. And it, as it did before melts into the darkness around it and takes off. <sighs> Wolf is going to try and jump it. She hasn't acted this round. Oh, Wolfa. But she does not make contact with it. She swings a punch at empty air and catches, for a moment, a handful of one of those bandage-like tendrils and then nothing. And she swears violently. Penelope puts an arrow to her bow like, maybe I can still shoot it? But lowers it down defeatedly. Yeah, Tissa, like, slams the butt of her spear on the ground and just, like, yells something. Same. I agree. This was bullshit. This was complete bullshit. Um, so let's see. <laughs> um, so Tissa is riding high on her anger and is angry and scared, and the spirit is angry and scared. Um, and so she's going to roll sensitivity tracking plus empathy. Okay. All righty. Either sensitivity tracking or sensitivity spirits. I think I want to do... So I think sensitivity spirits is more thematically appropriate for this. I like that a lot. I dig that a great deal. Show me some dice, please. One success, one edge success. Um... You know what? If you keep the edge success, you will absolutely know where you're, where it's going, but you will uh, you'll take on some scatter. Well, that that would be my completed key. Oh, that completes Tissa's key, does it? Yeah. Nice. Good job, Tissa. Okay. Yay, Tissa. So by dinging off empathy, Tissa becomes too close to this horror, unbearably close, and can feel it rattling around in her skull 
and for a second loses herself. But by doing all these things that are Tissa, you're connected to what is Tissa. And the answer is a scatter refresh, and you now have access to those signature spell pieces. Indeed. And you know where the horror is. Mm-hmm. I was way behind. I, th- I thought you were like two away. <laughs> <laughs> you snuck up on me, Kathleen. <laughs> I've been trying to like really actively use them. Big, big sneak. No, I love that. I love <laughs> Like I've been trying to roll a lot of dice and actively use my key real hard. You know, you're doing it as intended. I'm so stoked to see your signature spell. Uh, as am I. Genuinely stoked about it. <laughs> All right. So Tissa stands up, not really straight, because Tissa never stands up straight, but uh, more actively and less sort of like hunched and wild and says, I don't, I, I think she's still worked up. I think she like is more of like this way and starts after the horror again. Um, Marcus starts off ahead of you, but Caldus kind of grabs him by the collar as he passes. Just like a cartoon. He's like, I'm going to take care of these two assholes. You three go ahead. Thank you, Caldus. Marcus, you sit down. I'm not that injured. Shut up, Wolf. I guess you are. (laughs) Leave these two assholes to me. Uh, I'll let the Archknight know where you guys are headed. Let's go. He closes his eyes for a second gives a nod. Penelope says, strike force fists, and gives a piece of cloth to help bandage. Oh. I can still punch things. She can't. She's She's been healed, but she's still quite, quite wounded. And Tissa takes off at a run. Cobb and Penelope shortly behind. And the next place that you begin hearing the sounds of battle is slowly becoming familiar territory. You see lichen blooming on abandoned walls and you take a couple turns down some alleys that feel pretty inviting to someone who's hurt and scared. And you see soon moonlight flooding in and lichen everywhere and graffiti and you realize that you're not far from the orphanage now. And Behind one of the pillars, you see the moving of one of those tendrils. Tissa is going to immediately cast Searing Roots, probably throw a good four or five scatter into it. Okay. And Searing Roots is going to both hurt and make it hard for the thing to run away. Alrighty. Uh, Physical hurt? I think that we're on the physical hurt train. Okay, we are on the physical hurt train. And tell me what this looks like. Tell me what the signature spell Searing Roots looks like. Oh, by the way, for the rest of the arc, you can use both Searing and Roots as either terrain or physical. Or or it's chiming and, chiming and Roots. Chiming searing and Roots? Oh, yeah, you're using Searing. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, actually, I think I want to change my mind. I think that Searing Roots... Do keep it from being able to run away, but I don't think I want the uh, damage component anymore because I think what the roots are is this same spider web of human connection manifest physically between 
all of the combatants and the horror and the horror and all of the combatants and the combatants and each other. And they're sort of locked in together with this mutual anger and aggression that everyone is feeling toward each other. Very good. So this has an additional effect. First of all, it does. It is going to stop it from fleeing. And second of all, you see one of those roots down a pathway not far from where you are and approaching, and you can hear the sound of heavy boots. One of them leads to a concealed area nearby, and there's one that leads up. All right. Okay. The next thing that happens is those heavy boots make it around the corner, and Chila Gaius Riche, bastard sword in hand, has arrived on the scene. Oh. It's there. Yeah. No, Caldas caught me up. Let's do this. And the next person I am making act is Tissa, because we're starting a new round. Okay. Tissa's going to cast Dark Searing. Ooh. It's another aggressive pyromancy kind of spell. Very good. And it follows along this strand of already existing connection, ignites. Like a cartoon trail of gunpowder from a Bugs Bunny? Yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. And so, yeah, like, follows that trail directly into the horror and, like, a flame kind of erupts from it. Oof. How much scatter are you pouring into that? Let's go all the way to four. Okay. That can be our uh, big Tissa spell casting for the last couple of minutes. That's very good and cool. It is also very Tissa to immediately cast lots of big magic and go directly back into pretty scattered. Yeah, that's that's our Tissa. That's yeah. our Tissa. I think the next person who is who is taking initiative is from nearby, actually. Lily pops up. And she looks at you, looks at the horror, and looks up. Walks over to the horror, her eyes fixed upward, and She's going to stop some six feet away and chop at it with her machete at one of the tendrils. And then the shadowman is going to take its next turn and it is going to move in to attack her. However, as it does, she raises two fingers on each hand to her mouth and lets out a shrill piercing whistle that echoes throughout the Undercity, it seems like. And there's a groan from above you all. A grinding of stone on stone, and a large piece of debris falls through a hole in the ceiling directly onto the horror. Oh, hi, Steven. Crunchy. You see a lean figure from above give an awkward little wave and dart off. That's how they do. That's how he does it. And presumably the root connecting him in the web sort of like fades off as he books it. Yep. He's not that reckless. <laughs> this is the limit of his willingness to get involved. Indeed. Okay, so, um, Cobble. Cobble hasn't gone this arc, this round, rather. Yes. Um, how much of this thing is, it just got a giant rock dropped on it. It's not doing great. It doesn't feel good. It looks like portions of its tendrils are pinned. It's It hates it. Um, Cobb is going to run up and just try and, you know, like, doom guy stomp this thing. 
just let's doom just, guy it. Let's just let's just get rid of it. We we need to stop whatever it's doing, and he's just gonna try and squish it. Squish it. Squish it. Squish it. Roll dice. Cobb roll good dice. Uh, let's see. Cobb got three successes and one edge success to squish. Very good squish. That definitely hits it. That definitely hits it, and that deals a lot of damage to it. And it does still seem to be moving, but there's one person who hasn't acted this round. Would be Penelope. And she's just going to straight up shoot it. Oh, hey, that thing you do. That cool thing you do. Do it. Uh, she's going to shoot it. She rolls really well. Four successes. Oh, that's going to that's gonna absolutely do it. It had one HP left. Nice. <laughs> Tell me the scene. Tell me the scene, Kirsten. So she calls out, I got this, and channels like this 1980s action star vibe, draws her bow and puts one right into its, well, I guess what would be its head? You fucker. <laughs> and if she had shade, she would pull down shades. What? You fucker. <laughs> it's, it's what I do. I always channel 1980s. You're the pits. You're the worst. Does she say something? Does she have a one-liner? Come on, uh, Kirsten. If you're gonna challenge channel your action heroes, you need a one-liner. Um, let Let's get to the point. Ugh. It sucks. <laughs> oh, it sucks. <laughs> I'm not good. Coming up with. Like, Lily rolls her eyes at, at this. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's, that's, that's what it deserves. If Cobb could hold up a sign, he'd be holding up like a three or a yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> but the arrow jabs into the shadow and it lets out a scream that slowly fades, just begins to lose power and the voice trembles and dissolves into nothing and the rock that was sitting on top of the horror falls like a foot as everything that was solid about it dissipates into nothing this is gonna go over to where that is and like scuff at the ground kind of with a similar affect to like a really agitated dog (laughs) good job crew good job that one was a little uh feistier than the last one and Cobb like is putting his uh, saber away yeah it's a it's a good thing we had the help we did I don't know if we could have taken it just the three of us I've never seen them run around like that but I guess all of them are different yeah, yeah they're all different they don't often run but they can tiring for sure all right you look like some people who could use some drinks. Not you, you're underage. So are you, I think. She points at Penelope. Well, it depends where you are. Ah, fuck it. You know what? You look like you could use a drink anyway. Penelope nods. I could use a drink and maybe a needle and thread. How's it looking back there? And Cobb is kind of like like trying to look at the, the bite in his back. It's uh, not great. Probably going to need stitches. It's not great. Let's get back to headquarters. Let's get back to headquarters, get you fixed up. I'll send whichever of my whichever of my legionnaires is in the best shape to go get us a keg or something. Kegger, kegger. Uh, that's going to need some iodine. Yeah. 
Oh. And so everybody reconvenes back at the headquarters of the Albatross Legion. Wotha is limping and pretty bloodied, but in her usual good spirits. Caldas is slightly wounded, but cranky. Marcus has got his wounds bandaged up, but also seems to be, even for himself, quiet. Lily's unharmed, but does not really seem interested in hanging around with you guys. So mm-hmm. once everyone arrives, she spends a little while kind of looking around the room as if someone's going to cue her. And then she just leaves. Fair enough. And eventually, Caldas is the one who is determined least wounded. So he's the one who's going to go get everybody drinks. Kager, Kager. <laughs> Thank you. And, and Cobb obviously waves with his arm that doesn't have the bite in it. Yeah. And Chela sets to work. She rolls up her sleeves and is probably going to give Cobb some stitches. Yeah, I, I would imagine Cobb is like sitting there moving a thin needle over a flame. Nah, I got this. Used to be a field medic, you know. Well, this isn't the first time I've been sewn up like this. Mm-hmm. You never do get used to it, though. All right. Sew me back up. Um, I've got a question. And I've got a question specifically for Tissa. How much of your stuff do you carry around with you? Less than she might have a year ago. Um, okay. There's one specific item I'm wondering about. It's a dried fish. <laughs> you know what? Yes. Okay. The dried fish is here. Good. Because I believe what we determined was that the, the spines of the gump fish make excellent local anesthetic. Excellent. Good. So we can kind of minimize the pain that Cobb is going through right now. Thank you, Gumpfish. Thank you, Gumpfish. You've still got some more spines on this bad boy, but Mm -hmm. a couple of them wouldn't go amiss here. No, things are supposed to be used. And Chiller's like, the fuck is... And Wolfa gives a, good job, Gumpfish. I haven't seen one of these little guys in a while. Hi, Gumpfish. (laughs) I caught it on a beach. The beach with bird. And there was a big bird. Oh, wow. How big? Mm. Um, Like... Tissa kind of like... The whole size of here? Was it that? Wow. Size of two horses? Big enough to ride. Marcus kind of sits down. He's looking a little flushed. He probably cast a whole bunch of spells. Ugh. Ugh. Wait, when did you... Oh, well, I was dying. I remember. Yes, that the, yeah, that death certainly took, didn't it? Hmm. This one might. This one might. This time, I think. I think I'm done for. And Sheila like gives a oh my god you're fucking next you're you're next <laughs> you sit tight as she waves the needle at him is like sit tight you are next. <sighs> well, we've done it. It good job, good job everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strike force fist. I'm glad we're getting drinks. Me too. Okay, Penelope, let's go on a pub crawl. For sure. But I gotta be a little less carried away this time. Uh, my moderation got away from me. 
drinking is like any other skill. You need to practice, darling. It is fun practice. And uh, Penelope kind of smirks. Hmm. <laughs> Damn right. There's kind of a moment, and Chila looks up from her work and gives Cobb a pat on a thoroughly uninjured portion of his back. Says, Kate, you're good. Ah, thank you very much. Anytime. We'll have to get over here. Uh, And Cobb kind of looks at his shirt. Oh, and I liked this one, too. Well, I can put this one back together myself. Like fixing a sail. No problem. And Chila looks up and says, so, Commander, you actually taken our infiltrator? And Marcus sighs and looks down and I didn't intend to, but I think I am losing this argument. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. He's a stubborn piece of shit. You both are. And Marcus kind of shrugs and winces because he's probably done something horrible to one or another of his injured arms. If you keep this up, they're just going to wind up falling off, Marcus. I can still cast spells. <laughs> it's not that serious. <sighs> Quit being dramatic, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, but don't say I didn't, don't say I didn't warn you. I think that Tissa actually laughed to that in character. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Caldas gets back with drinks for everybody. He's got a couple bottles of wine. He's got a cask of something under one arm. Kegger! Kegger! And he crosses over to find a whole bunch of mugs, which he's stashed in a desk somewhere in the cramped office of the Albatross Legion. And uh, Cobb kind of looks over and just mentions, hey, what, what time is it, by the way? Do we still have some daylight? Oh, no, there's, there's no daylight. There's none of it. Oh, I'll, have to, I'll have to swing by tomorrow, then. What's tomorrow? Well, something I always do when I'm here in town. I visit the captain. Would you like to meet him? Yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be nice. I'll take you first thing in the morning. All right. So, in the meantime, however, everybody sits in the Albatross Legion headquarters receiving drinks and medical help and talking about the battle, about everybody's plans for the future. Vaguely. But I think Marcus has accepted by now that uh, he's leaving with an additional crewman that he was really hoping to leave in the safety of Stageport, which he says while shaking his head, having witnessed the safety of Stageport for himself. And that brings us to, uh, I believe, an overdue memory time. Memory time. The time has come for memories. Feed them to me. Uh, I'd say that my memory is Tissa using her, like, super cool key spell. It's just a really neat moment to end this arc on. And, uh, yeah, it just had a real good feel. I loved that. Yeah, Tissa got to be, like, big-time hero mode. It felt really satisfying, to be able to like tick off those things at the right moment and sort of like build to that. I wanted to like push that momentum that way. And I was like, okay, so how can I get to empathy? 
I already know that Tissa gets scared before she has to fight something or like do something or like gets that kind of intense around fighting. Like being able to plan and pick a thread of like actions to follow to lead to the mechanical thing was really satisfying for me as like a person Mm. playing the game. Yeah, I really liked it. And I think that that's how you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was kind of angling for with this combat. So I'm really glad that that worked out. I really enjoyed watching Tissa kind of engaged with that aspect of the combat as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was lots of fun. And I just continue to enjoy casting magic in this system. It's very fun. <laughs> it is a very good system for magic. Spells. I refer to it as fridge poetry of the heart. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I, it, it does feel very satisfying. Nick, your memory. Uh, I guess my memory is, uh, well, see, I won't do a repeat. So I will say I liked everybody coming to the, um, going to the office at the end there and sort of everyone dealing with it in their own way. Like Lily is just like, okay, look, everybody's not dead. I'm out. <laughs> uh, Wolf is just like, boy, I cannot wait to get back over to the pub. Marcus, of course, continues to insist that he is both uh, dying and also still totally okay to fight. Schrodinger's uh, harm, I guess. Yeah, he can be. He can do two things. He can. He can absolutely <laughs> do two things in direct opposite directions at the same time. He just doesn't want to die unarmed. <laughs> I mean, he will if he keeps it up. Uh. But hey. <laughs> Thank you all for playing with me this week. Thank yes, you. It was, it was a lot of fun. I liked I liked this week. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. It was real fun. Yeah, adding the fact that it like runs around was like that was honestly a like it threw a wrench in the works. I wasn't expecting it to just like pick up and bolt. Yeah. Well, it's made out of fear after all. Mhm. True enough. True enough. Hey, audience, thank you for listening to us this week. We love you. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. If you've got any memories to share with us, you can do that at Peach Garden RPGs on Twitter or by using the email form at sortofsymphonies.com. Let me know your memories. Let me know your fears. What kinds of bizarrely literal spells would you cast? Yeah, maybe not the fears thing, everybody. I think <laughs> I don't know if you can trust Cat with your fears. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Given how many times I just shout the word jellical at Nick. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Uh, don't don't do it, everybody. You don't you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that on your conscience. 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 <sighs> see, see, I'm so afraid I'm I'm messing words up. This is how bad it is, everybody. It's trembling. No, but what what literal spells would you cast? Would you abandon the darkness and step into the light? Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you make a dark pathway? I like that one. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Like Would you in cast your knife pain? <laughs> Would you cast knife pain? So good. Knife pain. Knife pain. Okay, good night, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. Bye, everyone. Till next time. <laughs>